34 degrees. This has been the Night Report for Tuesday night, March the 25th. This is Dick McDaniel saying good night for the Night Report news team and inviting you to stay tuned for the CBS Radio Mystery Theater and the Mutual Radio Theater and our next news tonight at 12 midnight. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... The drama we have produced for your enjoyment is adapted from an original short story called The Spectre Bridegroom. Its author was Washington Irving. Born to immigrant English parents in New York City on the 3rd of April, 1783. Many think that he was the prime mover in the introduction of the short story to this country, to be followed by such other masters as Nathaniel Hawthorne, Henry James, and Mark Twain. Forgive me, sir. But I must go. I have a solemn and indispensable engagement. Surely you can send someone in your place. It admits of no substitutes. I must attend in person. But why? After all... The worms... The worms expect me. The grave is waiting for me. They will bury me at midnight. And I must be there. mystery drama, The Spectre Bridegroom, was adapted especially for the Mystery Theater by Elspeth Eric and stars Paul Hecht. It is sponsored in part by Sunkissed Growers Incorporated. I'll be back shortly with Act One. When this young country was struggling to its feet, the idea of a young man devoting himself exclusively to the writing of fiction was regarded as most peculiar and certainly unwise. But Washington Irving set his course early in life and never swerved from it. By the time he reached his thirties, he was not only acclaimed by his own countrymen and immensely popular, he was also hugely loved. Listen now to his story of the Spectre Bridegroom. I am Herta von Landshort, and I lived with my father the Baron and my Aunt Matilda in his castle on the very tip-top of the Odenwald, a most wild and romantic spot. I was just 18 years old at the time this all happened, and quite ready, yes, anxious to be married to the gentleman my father, the Baron, had selected for me. Hertha, today is the day. I know, Father. I have lived for nothing else. Quite properly, Hertha. Your secluded life with your father and myself is about to end, and you will take your place in the world as the Countess von Altenburg. I received a message from Würzburg... Franz von Altenberg was accidentally detained there, but he expects to arrive within the next few hours. Uh, plenty of time to review your toilette once more. Yeah, and time for me to check upon each room of the castle, remind the servants of their duties, count the wine bottles again, 
Today, our hospitality must extend itself to the utmost. And I shall counsel you, Helter, one last time on how to deport yourself, what to say, what to do, how to receive your expected lover. Listen well to your Aunt Matilda. Even though she never chose to become a bride herself, she knows the proper conduct. I had my chances, you know. In my day, I was known as quite a flirt. A veritable coquette. So I've been told, Aunt Matilda. Which is why I have guarded you so strictly. You may have resented my lectures on decorum. Oh, no. But they were intended to instill in you the ability to attract young men at the same time to keep them at a distance. Oh, providing, of course, they are properly authorized. No one can criticize your system of upbringing, Matilda. But, uh... Allow me some self-satisfaction that I have fathered a daughter with extraordinary beauty. That, too, might well appeal to Franz von Altenberg. Father, may I ask you something? Something perhaps trivial in your eyes? Ask whatever you like, my precious girl. Father, do you think he's handsome? My bridegroom? The day dragged by. My intended bridegroom did not appear. Hour rolled after hour. The sun which had poured his downward rays upon the rich forest now just gleamed along the summit of the mountain. We waited. We waited. The last ray of sunshine departed. The bats began to flit by in the twilight. The road leading to the castle grew dimmer and dimmer to the view. Nothing appeared stirring in it. Night closed in. An hour ago, I thought I saw the Count in his attendance. I thought I heard the sound of horns floating from the valley. Some horsemen advanced along the road, but suddenly they turned off in a different direction entirely. Since then, there's been nothing. No sound of horns, no sound of horses' hooves, no sound of voices. Nothing. He's not coming. Brother, what am I to tell the servants? What of the banquet they have spent three days preparing? Matilda, give orders for the feast to commence. Without the guest of honor? Without him. He's not coming. Tell them all to seat themselves at the table. Tell the servants to pour the wine, bring in the delicacies. How are we to go through with this farce as travesty? The best way we can. Go, Matilda. Seat the guests. Summon the servants. Let the banquet begin. Herta and I will join you in a moment or two. It's intolerable. Unendurable. He doesn't want me. Now, now, my child. He has reconsidered, and he doesn't want me. There may be an acceptable explanation. You had a message from Würzburg, and Würzburg is not so far from here. He could have covered the distance long before now. That's true enough. There can be but one reason why he has not arrived. He has reconsidered, and he does not want me. Oh, my darling Someone has told him that I am not worthy, that my intelligence is insufficient, that my appearance is unattractive. Oh, no one could say such things. They have told him that I am... Undesirable, and he has changed his mind. 
He is not coming. He does not want me. No, no. Oh, yes, Father. We must face the truth. Brother, the guests are seated. Herta? Come, my child. We must brazen it out one way or another. Come, Herta. What's that? A horn. A horn, I heard. A horn. Do you think... Could it be? He's here. He's here. Franz von Altenberg is here. Admit him, brother. Go to the door and let him in. Oh, praise the good Lord. Aunt Matilda, do you think... Who else could it be, my darling? Welcome, my dear Count von Altenberg. I am the Baron von Landshort. Welcome to our home. Come in, come in. I am sorry. So very sorry. No need to be sorry, my dear fellow. Not now, not at this joyful moment. No need at all. To break in upon you like this. I listen to no apologies, not at this happy time. Come, let me present you to my sister, Matilda. Count von Altenburg. And this, this dear Franz, I may call you Franz, I trust, under the circumstances. This Franz is my daughter. My daughter, Hertha. I am so happy. We are all so happy that you are here. So very happy. I too. I am so very happy that I am here. Well, why are we standing here like ninnies? Oh, yes. The the table is all set for you, Count Van Oldenburg. The guests have taken their places. Everyone will be impatient to greet my daughter's intended husband. Count Franz, will you give Hertha your arm? Um, with pleasure. Uh, Yes, uh, certainly. Would you permit me, Hertha? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes. I remember little of the banquet... I sat on my father's left. The Count across the table from me on my father's right. We addressed few words directly to each other, but... Oh, the looks that passed between us. They were lovers' looks. I could not doubt, inexperienced as I most certainly was, that he was as enamored of me as I of him. And I had been a fool to worry that he might be less than handsome. And yet, and yet as the feast progressed, he seemed to grow dejected, ill at ease, and finally downright melancholy. A tiny tremor ran through my frame as, with a somber look, he rose from his seat. (coughs) Baron, uh, ladies and gentlemen, all. What is it, my dear Count? (coughs) It is... With the utmost regret, with grief, with sorrow, that I say farewell to you. What's that you say? Farewell. Leave the castle at midnight? Why, everything was prepared for your reception. A chamber is ready for you if you wish to retire. I'm sorry, Baron, it cannot be. I must lay my head in a different chamber this night. You... Cannot mean what you say. Franz, I beg of you. Don't leave us. Not now. We have waited so long. Why are you doing this? You must have a reason. 
There must be a reason for your going. I could have sworn that we... You and I... There is a reason for my leaving you. Then in heaven's name, tell us. I have a solemn and indispensable engagement. Can you not send someone in your place? It admits of no substitute. I must attend in person. I must return to Würzburg Cathedral. Yes, but not until tomorrow. Tomorrow you will take your bride to the cathedral in Würzburg. My engagement is with no bride. What? What does he say? Then what? Then who? The worms. The worms expect me. I am a dead man. My body lies at Würzburg. At midnight, I am to be buried. What are you saying? The grave is waiting for me. I must keep my appointment. Farewell. Farewell all. Farewell. Farewell. He's gone. What did he mean? What could he possibly mean? He has left me. What was he talking about? He did not want me after all. What the devil was the man saying? He was no man. What? No man? No man, Matilda? Oh, yes. He was a man. But he did not want me. If not a man, Matilda, what was he? A specter. A specter? What are you saying, woman? No, no, he was no specter. He was to be my bridegroom. He was a specter. The specter of a bridegroom. time Washington Irving was 36 years old, he had written a collection of essays, sketches, and tales. They were published in 1819 under the title of The Sketchbook and made Irving something of a celebrity. There were only three stories in The Sketchbook. One of them was The Spectre Bridegroom. The other two are among the most famous tales ever written, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow and Rip Van Winkle. I'll be back shortly with Act Two. You are listening to a tale of horror and romance, an irresistible combination, especially when told in the well-known Gothic style. So-called Gothic stories were enormously popular in Washington Irving's day, And they have continued to be in demand by the reading public and now the listening public. It is good to remember that the Gothic romance was assisted into the world by an American, Mr. Washington Irving. I have Matilda von Landshort. When my sister-in-law died giving birth to Hertha, my brother the Baron asked me to undertake the rearing of his motherless daughter. She grew into a young lady of perfect docility and correctness. Was this to be my reward for years of careful, constant supervision? That she and I and her father should be deceived, deluded, yes, cheated. Cheated by a visit from a phantom. The answer, the tragic reply to that question arrived the day after the banquet, and it was myself who had to relay it to my brother, the Baron. Yes, who is it? 
It is I, brother. Matilda, enter. Oh, brother dear. Yes, yes, yes. What is it, Matilda? Uh, well, we ha- had a message. Oh, yes? What message? Speak up. I have asked Herta to join us here. She'll be along presently. After all, the message concerns her most of all. Anything which concerns my daughter intimately concerns me. This concerns her intimately. There's no doubt of that. Well, then tell me what it is. I give you warning, Matilda, not to trifle with me today after the shocking events of yesterday evening, the grotesque ending to what was to have been such a joyful banquet. My nerves are on edge and I cannot tolerate shilly-shallying. So tell me whatever it is you're stammering about. The message. The message is from Wurzburg. Wurzburg? Wurzburg? But it was to Wurzburg that the Count said he must go when he left us so precipitously. Yes. To the cathedral. To keep an engagement, he said. With the worms, that is what he said. To be buried. At midnight. Brother... The message which has just been delivered says that France, Count von Altenburg, was murdered. Murdered? You said murdered? Murdered. Yesterday, his body found and interred in Würzburg Cathedral at midnight. No. Oh, no. I can't believe... It's... True, brother. Aunt Matilda, father, you wish to speak with me? Oh, my poor child. My dearest child. How can I tell you? Let me do it. Hertha, we just had word that the Count von Altenburg was murdered yesterday and his body interred in the cathedral at Würzburg. But, but he was here last night. That was a phantom. Don't you know that by now, an apparition? Your count died, and what arrived here was a specter. A specter bridegroom. You can well imagine the dismay that settled upon the castle. My brother shut himself up in his chamber. The servants huddled in groups, shaking their heads and shrugging their shoulders. But the situation of the widowed bride was the most pitiable... To have lost her husband before she even embraced him. And such a husband. Of course, I insisted on sleeping alongside her in her chamber. Herta? Herta, my dear? Yes, Aunt Matilda? Oh, have you slept at all, my precious? No. Oh, my poor darling, what am I to do with you? There's nothing to be done. But you must have your rest. You'll lose your beauty, your young freshness if you do not sleep. I have no further use for beauty or freshness or youth. I'm widowed. And I've never been a bride. Try, my dear one. Try to sleep. No. I simply lie here and gaze at the beams in the rising moon, trembling on the leaves of the aspen trees. And think of him. Your spectre bridegroom. Whom I love with all my heart. And shall love forever. Oh, my dear, don't sit. Ed, what are you doing? Nothing. 
only going to the window to look down on the garden. Oh, well, wait. I'll, I'll join you. There's no need to. N- n- nevertheless. Ah! Be quiet, Aunt. He's there. He's come back. Do you see him, Herita? Herita, do you see him? Of course I see him. It's your specter, bridegroom. Yes. The man I love. Herita, have you seen this specter before from this window? No. But I have expected him. And now he's here. He'll come away from the window. And he will come back again and again and again. He will be my consolation. You cannot console yourself with a specter. What else do I have? Uh, we will sleep in a different bedchamber. Oh, no, no, Aunt Matilda. I refuse to sleep here again. We'll move to another wing of the castle, you and I. You may sleep wherever you like, Aunt. I shall sleep here. Young lady, are you defying me? I suppose I am. Herta, I fear for you. I tremble for your safety. Do not tremble and have no fear. As I loved my lover, so now do I love his specter. Leave me, please. Oh, well, if I must. You must. And one more thing. What is that, my heart? Swear that you will never repeat to anyone what has transpired here this night. Oh, oh, Herta. Swear by the saints you will keep my secret. By the holy saints, I swear. What else could I do? I am deathly afraid of ghosts, spirits, shadows, anything from beyond the grave. That my sweet niece should be able to endure this silent communion with a specter was beyond me. Yet I must admit, in all candor, during the days that followed, her health improved. Her disposition brightened. Her expression held a look of serenity. Yes, even of happiness that I had never seen before. Until... Until I made the horrible, the hideous discovery. Matilda, you're late for breakfast. Yes, yes, I, I know. My apologies. No, there's no need to apologize. I'm simply accustomed to finding you at the table when I come down. Brother, I... I... You needed to sleep, I understand. No, I... Oh, now that I look at you, you're pale. You're even trembling. Brother, I must tell you something. Where is Hertha? Did you waken her? I went to her room. Well, then, she'll be down momentarily. Come, Matilda, eat a little something. It'll pick you up. I must tell you about Herta. Have you observed how well she's been looking lately? Uh, yes, yes. And how her spirits have improved? I must tell you about Herta. Please let me. Of course, of course. Well, it, it's very difficult. Well, now, how difficult can it be? You and I have no secrets from each other. Now, what is it? I do have a secret, something I've kept from you. I took a sacred oath. What is it? Well, speak up in heaven's name. Well, I, I shall have to go back to the day we received the message from Wurzburg. That the Count had been murdered. His body interred in the cathedral. Yes, yes, yes. Do you remember that Herder was stricken to the heart? Well, of course she was, to lose a bridegroom. The specter of a bridegroom. She was so distraught, I feared for her very life. And so did I. That is why I moved into her bedchamber and sat beside her. Not that she slept very much. Then one night, I spoke to her. I was sure she was wide awake. I told her that if she did not sleep, she would lose her beauty, waste her youth. She said, 
Neither beauty nor youth had any value to her since her heart lay with him. With the man she had promised to marry and had never even kissed. The Count. The shadow of the Count. Then, without warning, she got out of bed, went to the window. She said it was only to gaze down on the garden. I said I would join her at the window, and I did. Oh, brother, I looked out the window into the garden, and there, there he stood, gazing up to the second story from where we looked down on him. Are you saying I screamed. I screamed so loud I should have wakened the entire household. For what I saw in the garden was the specter bridegroom. No. Yes, yes, it is true. I swear... I must say to you that there was still the semblance of manly beauty about him. He looked something the same as he had when he came here for the banquet. I could understand a little, at least, why she found him endearing. Endearing? You said endearing? How can a shadow be endearing? I said as much to her, and she replied... I I shall never forget her words. She said, Where the substance is not to be had, the shadow must suffice. Good Lord. Moreover, she said she expected him to return night after night, again and again, and she would observe him from her window. She said... He would be your consolation. And did he? Did he come again? I think he must have. I, of course, could not continue sleeping in that chamber. I moved to another room, and she stayed where she was. I believe that each night she has silently communed from her window with her spectral bridegroom. Well, you must admit it's done her no harm. On the contrary, she has blossomed. She has bloomed. Yes, I admit the truth of that. Still, I, I should have been told. You should have told me, Matilda. She swore me to secrecy. She extracted my vow that I would never breathe a word of her unholy tryst. This morning, a half hour passed. I went as I have always done to awaken her for breakfast. And she's not there. What? Not there? Where is she? I have searched the castle, every nook and cranny. I've searched the grounds of the estate. She is nowhere to be found. It's impossible. Utterly impossible. Summon the staff. We shall all look for her. We will not find her. Why not, in the name of heaven? Because the specter... The specter has carried her away. My poor brother, the Baron, he ran frantically about the castle. He questioned every servant, and two of them said that they had heard the night before the clattering of a horse's hoofs down the mountain near the hour of midnight. They had no doubt that it had been the specter on his black charger bearing her away to the tomb. As for myself, I had known it all along. In 1789, George Washington was inaugurated president in New York City. So Irving would have been five years old when, it is said, on seeing our first president enter a shop, a young Scottish maidservant followed him with young Irving in tow and said, 
Please, Your Honor, here's a bairn who is named after you. Whereupon the great man touched the small boy's forehead and gave him his blessing. I'll be back shortly with Act Three. the linking of terror with romance so fascinating. Not just today, but through the ages. Folklore is filled with just this conjoining. The Greeks, in their fables, bound passionate love together with mysterious and drastic outcomes. So did the Romans. To this day, we are all inexorably drawn to the story that tells of wild, uncontrollable love combined with hideous consequences. Why should this be so? Frankly, I haven't the faintest idea. I am Hendrik von Starkenfaust. I was on my way home from the army when my horse lost a shoe. The village of Würzburg was not far away, so I left him there and turned him over to the local blacksmith to be reshod. I myself was somewhat exhausted and looked about for a tavern where I might refresh myself until my horse was ready to finish the journey. I followed the sound of revelry and soon found myself inside a cheery room with a fire roaring, men sitting at polished tables, and a pretty waitress. She had just brought me a stein of beer when I felt a hand on my shoulder and heard a familiar voice. Hendrik, it's you, isn't it? Hendrik von Starkenfast? That's my name, yes. Am I to gather that you do not recognize me? Oh, merciful heavens, you are Franz von Alterberg, am <laughs> I right? Yeah, of course, I'm Re Franz, how are you? Splendid. And you, Hendrik, how are you? <laughs> You're looking well? A little weary? Very well? Yes, I am well, and if I look weary, it's only because I'm just home from the wars. My horse threw a shoe, and I'm waiting for the local blacksmith to fix him up. Then I'll be off again. <laughs> my family is expecting me. I'm anxious to get home. Hey, mind if I sit down? Oh, dear Phil, of course I don't mind. I'm delighted. Sit down. Tell me all that's happened since last we met. I've got myself betrothed. No. Yes. Yes, I have. In a day or two, I shall take to myself a bride. Now, there's something you've not been able to accomplish away at the wall. Hey, no, you're right about that. Though, if I tried very hard, I... <laughs> but I am not particularly interested in taking a bride at the moment. I'll wait a bit, I think, till some particular girl, some superlative creature crosses my path. Ah, but by then it'll be too late, my dear Henry. Ah, what makes you say that? Because by then the superlative creature will be married to me. Oh, you don't say. From all that I've heard, from every direction, she's one of the fairest damsels in these parts. What you've heard? You've never seen her? No, but I shall tonight. Her father's readying the most elaborate banquets imaginable to celebrate the betrothal. And her father is? The Baron von Lanshort. Ah. A worthy member of a fine family. Yes, I've heard of the Baron. He lives not far from my family's domain. Unhappily, there has been some bad blood between my family and the Baron. One of those foolish feuds going back so far that no one remembers how it started. So I've... Uh, I've never set foot in his castle, nor met him or any member of the family. 
Look here, Hendrick. If you're going home... Uh, my parents are expecting me. My retinue is sojourning here in Würzburg for a few hours. I promised them the rest and relaxation. But as soon as your horse is fit for travel, let us, the two of us, start off together. Since we're bound in the same general direction... A splendid idea. We've much to talk about, and I need to hear more about your future wife. She has been guarded like a delicate flower, they tell me. And they say she looks like one, too. Yes, uh, Franz, this forest is said to be infested by robbers. Her Aunt Matilda has watched her like a hawk. Yes, I know for a fact there are hordes of disbanded soldiers wandering about. They can be dangerous. Hertha von Landshort will be the crowning glory of my life. Franz. Okay, behind the tree. Draw your sword, my friend. Draw your sword. Be quick. Be quick. Ah, Henry. Henry. Help me. Henry. Help me. Help me. I'm stricken, Henry. Help me. Your retainers are approaching France. Badly stricken. The robbers heard them and they have fled. It's too late. too late. No, 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 no. Don't try to lift me. It hurts too much. What can I do? Tell me. Go go to the castle of the Baron of Lanshort and tell them. Explain. Say why I, I cannot keep my appointment with my bride. You will do this, Hendrik. Right. Else I shall not sleep quiet in my grave. I promise. You have my word. Here. I, take my hand. You have my pledge. My, my beautiful bride... My fair one, she she waits for me. She wait. Oh, bring 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 my horse. Uh, I shall mount. Yes, I shall mount and ride. Rest. Ah, ah, here he is. Give me a leg up, someone. Uh, up in the into the saddle. Reins in my hand. The spurs press into my horse's sides. Now, now, forward, forward. Slow trot. I am fast trot into a canter. Now, now gallop. Faster, faster, faster. He died in his delirium. In Woodsburg, I arranged with the holy fraternity of the convent for the funeral solemnities and my friend's burial in the cathedral near some of his illustrious relatives. His retinue took charge of his remains, and I set off on my sorrowful journey. I shall confess to you, whisperings of curiosity stirred in my bosom to see the far-famed beauty of whom he had said so much, though my heart was heavy and my head perplexed at the thought of presenting myself an unbidden guest among traditionally hostile people, of dampening their festivities with tidings fatal to their hopes. You can imagine my surprise when the door was opened. Welcome, my dear Count von Altenberg. I am the Baron von Landshort. Welcome to our home. I am sorry. I am so very sorry. No, there's no need to be sorry. Not at this joyful moment. To break in upon you like this. Let me present you to my sister, Matilda. Count von Altenburg. And this, this is my daughter, Hertha. Hertha. 
I am so happy. We are all so happy that at last you are here. So very happy. I too. I am so very happy that I am here. Well, why are we all standing here like ninnies? Uh, the table is all set. The guests have taken their places. We were simply waiting for you. We were certain you would arrive. And now you see, here you are. So without further delay, shall we go into the banquet hall? Everyone is impatient to greet my daughter's intended husband. Count, will you give Hertha your arm? Uh, I? Oh, uh, with pleasure. Uh, yes, so, so certainly. Uh, would you permit me... Oh, yes. Yes. I scarce remember the banquet. I suppose I conducted some sort of conversation with my dinner partners. But my eyes kept straying to the beautiful girl across the table from me. And her eyes strayed, too. Believe me, every glance of mine was returned. I dared hope with the same feeling of tenderness behind them that inspired mine. The situation was unbearable. I was an imposter, a deceiver. I had usurped the life of my friend. As suddenly, I rose from the table. Baron, <coughs> ladies, gentlemen, <coughs> it is with great regret, great grief, that I say farewell. Leave us at midnight? Why, everything was prepared for your reception. A chamber is ready for your reception. A chamber is ready for you if you wish to retire. Uh, it cannot be. I must lay my head in a different chamber this night. Don't leave. We've waited so long. Why are you doing this? There must be a reason for your desertion. I could have sworn that we... That you and I... Yes, there is a reason. I have a solemn and indispensable engagement. Well, can you not send someone in your place? It admits of no substitutes. I must attend in person. I must return to Würzburg Cathedral. Not until tomorrow. Then you will take your bride there. My engagement is with no bride. Well, then what? Who, then? The worms. The worms expect me. I am a dead man. My body lies at Würzburg. At midnight, I am to be buried. What are you saying? The grave is waiting for me. Uh, farewell. Farewell. It was a stammering exit. I was trying to tell them that I was not Franz von Altenburg, that I was not the husband they planned for their daughter, but simply his friend who had held him while he died. That my family had feuded with theirs for heaven knows how many years. I was torn with regret to have deceived them, but as much by the thought that I would never see Hertha again. This was the agony that drove me back to the castle, not to speak to her, merely to stand beneath her window and gaze up at her and wonder of wonders to see her gaze down at me. Each and every night until her window opened. Are you there, my love? Hitta. Have you come to claim me? I have no right 
No right to claim one who loves you. Hertha, I am not Franz von Altenberg. You are not? No. No, I am Hendrik von Starkenfast. My family's domain is nearby, but our ancestors have not acknowledged one another for years and years. Have they not? Franz was killed by robbers on his way to claim you. I was with him when he died. Were you? He is buried in the cathedral at Würzburg. I came here that first evening to tell you that. Did you? But then, then when I saw you, I... I lost my heart to you. Did you indeed? I could not bear to blurt out what I have told you. I was so afraid... Afraid of me? Afraid that you would despise me. Afraid that I could never make you love me. But after all of these nights, these silent trysts, when when you looked down on me in the garden and I looked up at you, I have dared to hope. Hope plucks at my heart that you... That, 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 that you... Yes, that I... That you do love me. Even as I love you. I am going to close tight the window now, Henry. Hertha. In ten minutes, I will come to you in the garden. And you will carry me off to the cathedral at Würzburg. We were married in Würzburg. And when all was explained, all was forgiven. And the revels were resumed. Aunt Matilda confided in me that she was so relieved that I was not, uh, had never been, a spectre. She would have pardoned me anything at all. As for the Baron, well, let him speak for himself. I am, on the whole, well pleased with my son-in-law. He's gallant, he's generous, and he's... Very, very rich. You see how foolish and how dangerous it can be to believe in specters, phantoms, ghosts. Any one of them may turn out to be a real flesh and blood person. And there's this, too. Besides being a real person, he might also turn out to be very, very rich. Think about that. I'll be back shortly. The Gothic tale is international. Starting with the castle of Otranto by the Englishman Horace Walpole, it was followed and approved upon by Honoré de Balzac in France. In America... The form was carried on by Washington Irving and brought to a peak by the genius of Edgar Allan Poe. It may be foolish and dangerous to believe in specters, but it certainly is fun to listen to them. Our cast included Paul Hecht, Robert Dryden, Grace Matthews, and Patsy Bruder. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.
oranges. Sweet. That's what I wrote on the envelope. 